0: Visioneers, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. And you've probably noticed that this week's intro is a little different than normal. And the reason is, is, well, have you ever had one of those days where you did everything like you were supposed to, you in fact exceeded expectations, and yet for reasons beyond your control everything seemed to fall apart? Well. This episode happened to have that. And in times like this, I like to reflect upon a very famous quote. One and three quarter cups of white sugar. Eight cups of water. One and a half cups of lemon juice. Yes, you guessed it, we are making lemonade out of lemons. And to do this, we are going back and listening to some of the wit and wisdom from Sarah Slayton Price, Keith Wooleridge, and Natisha Johnson. So sit back, hold on, and enjoy this week's episode of Small Business Celebration. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, From where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I am your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello visioneers and welcome to Small Business Celebration and our guest this week is Sarah Slayton Price, the CEO of Jake's Tex-Mex. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And for those who who do not know who you are, tell us who you are and what it is that you do.
1: Well I am, like you said, Sarah Slayton Price. Uh, I am a second generation owner of Jake's Tex-Mex Cafe. I took the business over from my dad and I run day-to-day operations.
0: For probably the one or two people in Kern County who don't know (laughs) Um, who Jake's Tex-Mex is. Tell us a little bit about the restaurant and what is it that you serve?
1: We are, we call ourselves Tex-Mex, but Mm -hmm. we're really more cowboy grub. Okay. Um, a restaurant that was established in the 80s by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother's name is Jake.
0: Okay. That's okay. That's the name of the restaurant. That's the
1: namesake. Okay. Um, and we're a fast casual. We like to think of ourselves as food theater. Okay. Uh, so you come in through the line. We are Chipotle before Chipotle existed.
0: <laughs> Very good. This restaurant, like you said, has been around since the mid 80s. Yes. And yes. that in itself is a feat because most restaurants don't even last two years.
1: Yeah, it's not the easiest business to be in, but the big deal is we try to focus on customer service and consistency and, and? trying to be as conservative as we can with, uh, you know, the things thrown at us on a daily. <laughs>
0: but don't dismiss the quality of the food.
1: Yes. consistency like i said i mean we don't have a freezer we never have nothing's ever frozen everything's made fresh every day um nothing comes out of a bag that's not who we are so we do a few things and we try to do them as well as we can
0: part of the restaurant business is i know a lot of viewers are probably watching this and you've been waiting for me to interview a restaurateur here in the age of covid and so yes here we are But before we get into the current situation, Mm -hmm. this restaurant has been around for a while. Yes. And this is not the first recession Jake's has been through. No. First of all, what have you learned, you personally, learned from going through past recessions that you're applying to this one?
1: Um, Well, first of all, I have to always take into account that I am second generation. So I grew up in this business and my dad is a brilliant man Um, and I'm very lucky to have his guidance every day. Um, There's no way I would have survived all of this, especially COVID right now without uh, his wisdom because there's nothing you can, you know, there's nothing that can beat experience. Right. The biggest deal there has just been making sure that in order to run an efficient restaurant that nothing can be left to chance Mm. and um, you really have to be present and on top of your numbers. I mean, the bottom line is percentages matter.
0: Give us an example of being present with your business, especially in a recession.
1: Well, I'm here every day. Okay. Um, I think that's a big one. I think sometimes people think, okay, I've started the business. I'm the owner. I'm going to do a few things, and then I'm stepping away because I've hired a few people to, you know, manage. Which I do. I have awesome uh, staff and management. Um, they're absolutely wonderful and I trust them. But it, there is a difference between being on-premises every day, being present, a customer seeing your face, mm. uh, your employees knowing that you are going to be here for them in case one of their decisions falls through. And that really is what it's about. I, I'm here six days a week uh, and I do everything I can to make sure that we have a backbone.
0: What happens when you need to take a vacation? Well,
1: <laughs> I don't take a whole lot of vacations. Okay. Um, I, you know, I tried to be better about balancing that later here. Now that I've I've run the company for over a decade, I think, uh, you know, balance comes into play. I, I will admit I didn't have a lot of balance in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I still probably could employ a little more, but I do try to, when I'm away from here, to have moments of uh, clarity and I'm focused on the things that matter, like family and my husband and um, you know, other creative outlets.
0: This particular recession is a little bit different mm. because we're dealing with COVID mm. and restaurants are on the front line oh. of all this. I, I think, or I would guess that you have seen the health inspector more times this year alone than probably ever in the last decade.
1: I've I seen more of everything uh, in this last year. I. It has been um, an absolute challenge uh, and one that we have tried to tackle with as much positivity as we can. Um, My, I would say there's a lot of adjusting that needs to happen. I mean, we've come up with every possible solution of serving to make sure that people feel safe. I'm trying to manage that along with food costs, employee costs, Um, it's been a whole new, It's a whole new frontier.
0: Especially in a situation where it seems like every week the rules keep changing.
1: And you're not kidding. Every week I have a new rule.
0: But one of the things, and part of the reason why Visioneer Nation, we're here in her office and not in the restaurant, is for one of those innovations that you guys are employing as we speak. We're in the second floor. Of a building that's being completely renovated. So if you hear construction going on in the background, there's a good reason for it. Because
1: there is. Because there is,
0: exactly. (laughs) But that is part of the innovation that you guys are undertaking because of COVID. Tell us very briefly what's going on with this building and how is this taking Jake's Tex-Mex in a new direction?
1: Well, there's a couple things. I mean, it really has a lot of points that have led us here. Um, First of all, we purchased the building quite a few years ago, I'd say three years ago, the opportunity to buy the building became available and being as my number one complaint is parking, it seemed uh, natural for mm-hmm. us to purchase it. I shared my office with a walk-in refrigerator in the old building.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Felt> that <laughs> sounds cool.
1: Yes, it was exactly. But i And because of that. I mean it just we were out of space mm-hmm. and we've done as many creative things as we could to that building so having the opportunity to expand a little bit over here just made sense right um mm-hmm. and i needed the storage um so that's always lovely um then as we sat down as a family because we are a very involved family um you know my brothers sit on the board um we basically sat down and tried b- to brainstorm what we can do to make sure that this building doesn't go away so that it's profitable doesn't make sense to have more tenants in it because well, now we're sharing the parking that i've just purchased right so trying to come up with the best and most effective way and use of this building well as covid hit i mean it just turned us on our heads mm. the plan that we had for the last two years um went up in flames <laughs> so um that's when you know and i i have to say i'm really proud you just got to pivot you got to find a way to um see the problem in front of you and tackle it and that's what i think my family and i are trying to do
0: but you're transforming the entire bottom floor into something new
1: so we've just uh eliminated the front portion of the building which was built in 1947 Uh I, i believe um it had seen better days and was ready to go so a lot of that front area will be parking Um, And even though parking sounds boring, it is Jake's Tex-Mex, so it won't be there. We have a lot of surprises coming off the front of the building. Looking forward to it. Yeah, opportunities. We understand we're in an Instagram world these days, so um, we find it as a marketing opportunity, which we're going to try to take advantage of. Downstairs, we're hoping to eventually put our to-go and uh, catering in the bottom floor here. And the option there was to eliminate Um, what one building is doing Mm -hmm. and taking some of the pressure off of it. Mm. So if I can take two of the main problems with space and I can put them here, then the restaurant can just take care of the restaurant. And hopefully we can provide a better dining and dine-in experience for the people who wanna come and have a quick lunch or have a lunch meeting, either or. Um, We're trying to tackle both of those things.
0: It sounds like just because you've been hit with COVID Doesn't mean you're throwing up the white flag and and giving up.
1: Oh heck, no! That is not me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm more of a dig in my heels and you know uh, figure it out. My whole family is. My my dad is that way as well. I just this is a problem we can solve.
0: If Visioneers want to get in touch with you. How do they do that?
1: Um, well, you can get in touch with us a few ways. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are on the, the uh, World Wide Web Okay. at, uh, at jakestexmex.com, all uh-huh. one word. Uh, you can call the restaurant at any time. And what's uh, the phone number? It's 661-322-6380. What was that? 661-322-6380. <laughs>
0: and how do they find you on the World Wide Web?
1: Well, we are on Instagram and Facebook, both at Jake's TexMex
0: all one word sounds good well when we come back we're going to talk about one of the foundational methodologies that is used on a weekly basis on saturdays actually (laughs) to make this a very strong and
2: profitable business yes i work saturdays (laughs) when we come right back (laughs) hi i'm john busby with team busby and over the years many people have asked me What price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80,000 to 2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355.
0: We're here with Keith Woolridge, the owner of Woolridge Consulting, and it's Thanksgiving. You can tell. And all we need now is turkey, pumpkin pie, and maybe some good ale to go with so it all. Definitely some good ale to go with <laughs> it. <laughs> Our visionary question of the segment is, Visioneer Josh asks, I have a successful business, but the more successful I become, the more influence I have in the community. I feel that if I speak about my business, I'll be ashamed about being successful, plus the growing standard to give quality advice. Is this normal?
3: Is the Pope Catholic?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, yes. 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 There's
3: a phrase called the imposter syndrome. Mm. What is that? I guess we don't feel worthy of mm. our success. That we are maybe our self-esteem or something that's going on inside of us, like we're faking it. Mm. You know, fake you, it till you make you it. Fake it. That's what. That's the axiom, right? Right. Right. But is this who I really am? Mm. I, I can. You, you, the person who asked the question. When I wrote the book, you know, I I, I felt the same way. Even when I'm given consulting. Keith, my God, I'm held to a higher standard or accountability, you know. Am I worthy of this? I've been fortunate enough to sit at the Panama Buena Vista Union School District for the past 11 years. And my God, the first time I was elected, if they only knew me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) They were to go back to my college days and dig. I right. hope I'm not giving anybody any clues to do that. You know? <laughs> but no, I, I get that question because there is a lot of pressure mm. when you're in the quote-unquote limelight, when you are a successful business owner, an elected official, right? because we're put on pedestals, unfortunately. Mm. So how does one get <coughs> over <coughs> imposter syndrome? I've been thinking about that because I still wrestle with it. Mm. One is not to forget that you're still human that you're, you're fallible. Mm. You are going to make mistakes and give yourself permission to make those mistakes.
0: But there's this constant fear that I'll be judged by somebody else because I screwed up, I did something wrong. And, and how, do I, how do I deal with that? In my text.
3: Right, um,
0: And by the way, Visioners, we are talking about Five Pillars, A Father's Discussion with His Son and Society. Keep us on solid ground. And if you are interested in finding it, go to russosbooks.com where you can go ahead and get Five Pillars and have it delivered straight to you. But please continue.
3: I write on a chapter on integrity. Uh-huh. I write about how I failed myself. Mm. We're afraid of being called a hypocrite, Right. right? Well... A hypocrite is just one who wears a mask. You're not showing them who you are. Mm. So if I tell you, Mike, I'm on blow it, when I blow it, hey, I told you who I was. <laughs> I'm not making it up, right? Right. You know, and again, we're not talking about being sanctimonious. We're not talking about being pious. We're not talking about being perfect. Mhm. We're just saying, you know, you are human. Give yourself permission. That's one thing I've had to do. Um, I I'm I'm not going to get it right 100% of the time. I'm not going to bat a thousand. I'm not going to win the Super Bowl every time we, 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 we take the field for a new season. But if you, to, to, to answer your question, I firmly believe you have to give yourself permission to
0: fail. How do you deal with the people that are going to say or do negative things to you because you did something wrong or you screwed up? I'll, we all do our best. I, I firmly believe when we wake up, the
3: majority of our citizenry, the majority of people Mm -hmm. want to do the right thing Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. But there are times, whether it's financial pressure, emotional pressure, um, societal pressure that may squeeze you that you you end up compromising who you are. Mm. So I tell everybody, let folk know I'm human. I, I go back to that because we are, we're fallible, we're sinful. We make mistakes. Give yourself permission and, and tell folks, well, if I made a mistake, that's just who I am. You know, Don't hide from it. Right. Don't run from it. Is it easy? No. Am, am I, do I feel like I'm gonna be judged differently? I write on decency. And if I have a bad Facebook night and I write something that may not be appropriate, right. I'm sure I'm gonna, Keith, didn't you write on page 25 <laughs> <time, laughs> to be decent and, you know? Right, right. Or I do something that, i feel bad about myself and my own integrity is, man, didn't you write about blah, 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 blah. Right. It's gonna happen to me, and I'm just, I prepared for it. Right. And say, so you know what, I do, I'm human just like you. And I would ask for some goodness and grace and some mercy.
0: A lot of the lessons that you talk about in The Five Pillars are lessons you learn from your father. Yes. Why did you choose to talk about him?
3: Well, it's interesting, and I'm gonna do my best to kind of keep it together here. November 21st of this year would be 10 years hmm. that he's gone on. And my father was my role model. He was my example. He was my lodestar. He was my compass. Right. Especially in my community, where we don't see that a lot. Right. So I'm blessed to come from a mother, a father, and I don't know where we were lower, poor, no, it was upper poor or lower middle. I don't know where right. we fit in the right. economic strata. Sure. I just know when I walked in that house, there were people that attended to me, mm-hmm. that cared for me, that loved me, that whipped me when I needed it, you know, right. to get back right. in right. line. Right. So I wanted to write something to honor him because the average man in America, if you're not an a, um, athlete, if you're not an entertainer, you don't get any attention in this country, Right. right? But if you're the guy who just goes to work every day, puts his eight hours in, honest man, decent man, comes home, feeds his family, loves his kids, that guy didn't get any credit. Right. Didn't get any, any credit. And I've been wanting to give honor to men like that, you know, in my community, especially in my community. A lot of times we're always told what we don't do.
2: Right.
3: How bad we are. Right. But that decent man, that gentle man, that merciful man, that's not highlighted. So I wanted to just, my way of giving honor to not only my dad, but a lot of other African-American men that were just like him, growing up, my barber, the male guy, my teacher, the deacon at church, you know what I'm saying? They get no, so when I I just started writing, um, right when COVID kicked in, You know, I was challenged a little bit because I had been talking about this for a while. My friends say, brother, we love you, but stop talking about it.
0: Now's the time to do it. Now's
3: the time to do it. So literally, I would begin writing at 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes I would write to five thirty-six, And then sometimes, Michael, I'd look up. It's 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. And it just started flowing. It just started coming out. And just the little anecdotes that might, you know, when you're a kid, they go over your head. Right but when you're 53 year old husband and father of four, those sayings come back. Right, right. right. And, I, and, it, and those are the things that framed me um, as an individual. I did not get here by myself. I had help in my parents and my support network, my, my tribe sure. helped me along the way.
0: What were some of the things that you learned from your father that helped you with your business? The key one I would say was perseverance. Hmm.
3: We hear a lot about that in successful Perseverance. When you are a solopreneur or a micropreneur or even I'm sure the owner of Geronco. Right. He's, he's a successful business owner, employs right. people, wonderful location here. But I'm sure there were days with him and his wife when they were beginning, they would just shake their head right, and just do, do it, I I can't go tomorrow. You know what I mean? Right. But sure. something drove him or her
0: mm-hmm.
3: to say, baby, just do it one more time. right? right? One more again, you right uh, know what I mean? Right. And you have to, and he taught me that, because my dad, he may have had, he worked, then he'd be unemployed, then he'd try a small business, and then he worked, you know what I mean? Right. He just kept going, he just kept going. He never quit, and I, I quote him, he says, I remember I was a sophomore a junior in college, and I was just had enough. I was gonna quit, I was gonna drop out, I'm done. Right. And he would say, Keith, the day you quit, the next day would be your miracle when it turns around. The day small business owner that you quit on a Tuesday, Wednesday, that one phone call, that one sale, turns your business around. Right. So you gotta get up again the next day. So perseverance, no matter all that my father went through, I didn't know he was illiterate till I was
0: a junior in college. You know, that is a story out of this book I really enjoyed. Tell us the story about the date that you were going to go on and you got the call.
3: All oh, the call.
0: Spring 88, uh-huh. 88,
3: 89, I believe, right around in there. And I'm a proud graduate of Fresno State University. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs. Go Dogs. And congratulations, Dr. Castro. If you see this, he's now going to be our new chancellor of the CSU CIDA system. So, I get a phone call. I'm getting ready to head out, telling my mom I'm going to the library, right? <laughs> in the well, air I, quotes. In air quotes, go to the library. I was out, there was a young lady. Oh, she was gorgeous, that I had been all semester trying to meet me at this location, right? right. So, she finally says yes. So, as I'm getting showered, getting ready, the phone rings. Again, this is before cell phones. So, I run to pick up the phone. It's my mother on the other end. And then her southern drawl, she says, Keith. It's your mother, yes, Mama. I know it's you, right? I need you home. Oh, okay, I'll be home Saturday. No problem.
0: No, Coming no, home but this weekend. Mama says. Yeah, when
3: Mama says. No, I need you home tonight. Now, in my mind, I not tonight. No, I've I've been waiting all year for her to say yes. <laughs> not tonight. All right, Mama, tell you what. I'll come home Friday. No, I need you home tonight. And there's a way mama says, I need you home tonight. You say, okay, I need to get home. So now I'm like, you know, I was nervous. Mama, what's wrong? I'm trying to figure out, can it wait? No, I need you home tonight, boy. Right. All right. So uh, needless to say, the date got canceled. Right. I jump in my truck, I head up 99 to Merced, California. And, uh, but you know, my mind is spinning, Michael. Mm. My mind is spinning. So I take the exit home, take our street exit, make a, I can see it today, I can see it today, make the left under the underpass, drive 13 blocks, make the right on my West 3rd Street, fourth house on the left, pull into the driveway, walk into the house, I'm a little nervous because you know your mind is right. spinning when they sure, don't tell you. Sure, sure, sure. Walk into the house, I see my grandmother, oh, hi grandma, kiss her on the cheek, hey baby, how you doing? But why is grandma here on a Thursday night?
0: Right, it's Walk- not family night. That's
3: not family night. But then I, you see through, I see some balloons and some cake. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I miss? You know, see, my daddy's birthday the second, my sister's is on the second, mama's is on May. And I'm, I'm going, who do the what? what's going on? Right, Their anniversary's the 17th, okay. And she's come, hey, you made it, good to see you. But you rushed me here, mama, what's happening? And she's smiling, gives me a hug. And then about 25, 30 seconds later, my father comes out of the bedroom. He's wearing a cap and gown. This is late May, cap and gown. He says, glad son, I want you to know tonight, I get my GED. You're what? Yeah, I'm graduating from Merced Adult School. I've earned my GED. And I'm like, wait a minute. GED, but then my mind goes back to when I'm nine, 12, and he would take me me traveling with him, or he would take me when he worked for a boat company, and we would be playing music in the truck, and he would say, Keith, when you see this exit, let me know. Okay, and I'm thinking, I'm just hanging out with dad. When you see this exit, let me know. Okay is to find out my father couldn't read the road signs, Mm. nor map. Mm. I was his GPS system before before Google Maps. That man persisted to raise a family, not being able to read or write, I don't believe, above a third grade level. When me and my sister and brother would be at the dining room table, and I was studying accounting in high school or whatever, chemistry or biology, we would ask him a question, but he would sit right literally next to us and say, well, what do you think? He couldn't help, right. but he, we didn't know. Right. We would be in McDonald's. We would all look at, you know how the menu is? And he would say, Keith, get me what you get. Or remember Sam Bowes and Denny's? <laughs> Growing up in the 70s, he would, he would get the menu. He was just, ah, I left my glasses in the car. Oh, I gotta go to the restroom, Keith. Just give me what you get. That's how he navigated. So his perseverance, because a lot of people would have left, would have been embarrassed, would have probably quit on their family. My dad never quit on us. And he never quit on himself.
0: Perseverance. And that is something to be thankful for. And we'll be right back. The reason we have Natisha on today is because of a Visioneer question that came from a Visioneer just like you. And the reason we have those questions is because Visioneers like you reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram because the questions that you, or the comments that you give us, even the comments right here on YouTube, are what formulate the ideas that inspire us to choose the topics we talk about, the people with whom we speak, and give us a general idea of the kinds of the moods and the feelings and and what you, the small business owner, are going through. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and let us know what it is that you want to learn about and who you want to learn it from and we'll see you very soon on the next small business celebration and reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram today. We're here with Natisha Johnson, the owner of Upside Productions and our visionary question comes from Brent who asks, We have purchased another business that is similar to ours, and we're trying to figure out a theme to carry our mission forward into the new business, but our team has run into a creative wall. What do you do to brainstorm to find a theme to carry the combined business and their mission?
4: Brent that is a great question <laughs> it's an actually very intricate question because mm. it seems like there's a lot of variables happening here right. um, and I see it as a little fish and a big fish the big ah. fish purchase the little fish right. and trying to merge the cultures and consolidate sure. and and find that one united theme to really brand the business right. uh, one approach I would definitely try Brent is perhaps identifying the strengths of the little fish oh. that little fish survived for reason Brent right yeah, <laughs> in a big yeah, pond yeah. this little clever sucker here <laughs> has navigated through some waters. Sure. Why is that little fish so mm. strong? And identifying that, it brings so much value that equates of that of the big fish. Mm. And so bring those two together. Bring the value of the little fish, the strengths in the current culture, and I'm sure you will be able to find a common theme. Now, it will take some time because okay. the little fish may be a little bit apprehensive of the approach because sure. you're so big. <laughs> right, right. But give it some time. I, I'm, I'm sure that if you understand the value, and there's definitely value there, mm. and that you're willing to put that value. You as a priority sure. in the big business. You can consolidate, you can merge, and you can have that united thing for your business.
0: In a practical aspect, mm-hmm. what would be the 30,000-foot view on the path to make that happen? Well, in
4: both organizations, you have management groups. You mm-hmm. have different tiers, different relationships. Right. And so it I always come back to this because things cannot happen if you don't do what? Break bread. (laughs) Oh, there we go, there we go. Break bread, so even from a 30 foot view, uh, what is the relationship? What is the current relationship? Mm. Is there a communication? Um, barriers. Um, Mm. If so, you break bread. That's how you get to know each other. So you're going to have to sit down with that little fish, not eat it. (laughs) Not eat it. That fish needs to know it's safe. Sit down and understand um, what it's been through and understand their journeys, the the ups and the downs. And so from a 30-foot viewpoint, this fish still needs to appear to be safe. Sure. (laughs) So provide a safe, protected environment to let them know that we're not here to swallow
0: you, but we're here to become one so we can grow together. <laughs> you know, at a later time, I would love to sit down and get your thoughts on how the little fish does that to the big fish. Ooh, that's a whole <laughs> nother story.
4: <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is the little fish. Right, sure. The, the sure. little fish can make a bigger bite than right? the, the big fish. Sure. So, absolutely.
0: <laughs> now, one of the things that I really f- admire you for is that you have a marketing strategy that is not only effective, but you just absolutely love. I mean, it's one of your passions, and it's a marketing strategy that you have used not only to great success, but you do it on your time off. I mean, come on. Who works on their time off? But you do. What is it that you do that's so much fun?
4: Well, it's because it's my time off because it's a love for the community. It, you know, it is a marketing strategy. Well, what is it? What it well, I identify with different organizations. Uh-huh. I sit on a lot of boards. Oh, there I'm it is. I'm a part there of a lot of boards. And so I like to be invited to the table. Okay. <laughs> I like to be at the table. If I'm not invited to the table, I'm going to bring my own <laughs> <laughs> with some extra chairs so I can invite other people to sure. that same table. For example, what boards do you sit upon? Well, I sit on the Kern County Fair Board. Okay appointed by Governor Brown. Okay. <laughs> I also sit as the first African-American female for the Fox Theater. Nice. I sit as the marketing uh, chair for the Business Women Conference. Uh-huh. And I also sit as the core working um, group for the Bakersfield Police Department Community Collaborative. So there's others, but I've just given you that much. Sure. <laughs> for some people,
0: and you know, for introverts like us, things like this are like pulling teeth. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, to, to get in front of the camera and talk to people is stressful enough as it is, let yeah. alone being on a board. <laughs> But you thrive in this. You you actually really seek this out and enjoy doing this. First of all, what personal satisfaction do you get
4: from doing this? Giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. I'm born here, raised here, live here, and I love it here. Okay. And if I want my community to be better for myself, uh-huh. for my kids. I have to invest in the community. Now, Bakersfield is a giving community. That it is. It is a giving community, but you can't be a community member that always takes. Right. <laughs> sure. So you have to find something that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Now, as a marketing strategy, it costs me nothing other than time. <laughs> sure, sure. But find something that you're truly passionate about and get involved. In that involvement, you're going to be meeting different people. <laughs> you're going to be seeing opportunities. And you're going to figure out ways to how, how to integrate that back into your own business. Mm-hmm. It's building relationships. It's having people trust you as well as you trusting other people. That's how relationships are made. It's through trust.
0: <laughs> it's pay it forward.
4: Pay it forward. Always pay your blessings forward.
0: <laughs> now, the thing about this that's fascinating, mm-hmm. and, and forgive me if I'm drilling this too hard at <laughs> this point, but you mentioned that being on all these boards, mm-hmm introduces you to a whole variety of people in the community. How has that directly affected your business? One area that I do specialize
4: in and how it affects my business directly is that I I specialize in underserved populations. Mm. So diversity and inclusion outreach is something that I specialize in. So as I'm a part of these organizations, uh, each of these organizations Identify with diversity and inclusion, sure <laughs> as they should. Right, and so I'm able to bring that to the table. And so, what our business, we're able to look at something and say, "Hey, I'm all." I, I, everyone knows this about me. It's like, "Hey." Um, You guys want to make sure there's proper representation there? (laughs) I'm the first one that screams that. And sometimes I'll get that, yes, T, we didn't even think about that. And sometimes I'll get that, here she go again. (laughs) But I will always fight for those communities. I will always fight for the underserved population. And so being a part of those different organizations that may not have that representation, Mm -hmm. it's very important for me to be there to stand in agreement with diversifying whatever we do because we are a strong community. Sure. And we all look different in this community. <laughs> sure. And so our outcomes
0: should reflect that as well. You mentioned that you can't always take. <sighs> no. <laughs> but what have you gained? How has being on all these boards changed you? I would
4: say being on all these boards changed me. Wow, that is such a good question. I would say for me, it 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 makes me a, a I'm a, a bit more humble, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a little emotional thing for me, it's, uh, being on these boards really puts things back into perspective because although I see successes all the time, I'm listening to some of the challenges and I'm listening to some of the, the things that these organizations have, especially with our underserved population and it humbles me, it mm. makes me realize that I am thankful. for my growth, I'm thankful for the successes that I have, and to never forget where I came from. And so I'm very humbled in every position that I do serve in.
0: What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? Well, I'm gonna just give it to you real, I'm country. (laughs)
4: It is God himself. He is first in my life. God is first in my life. My husband of 21 years, oh my goodness, he's a special ed teacher and he has a heart of Gold. He he balances me. I'm high strung. You are acting. And he is so compassionate. He is so loving. And my kids, and my kids are wonderful. I have a 21-year-old who is joined the police academy. Nice. Yes, BPD. Yes. And that was a struggle in itself. And I'll tell you about that story <laughs> later. But well, the, the chief and I had to have a talk, and I love him to death, Chief Terry. But uh, he is he's gonna be a police officer, and so we we were dealing with those challenges as well. And my daughter she's a vice president of her high school uh, she's a um, freshman no nice. go God so yes my family is my everything so and I get emotional when I talk about my family so you're not going to get me to cry <laughs> but family that's what keeps me going family and uh, having a god-centered life having a God-centered now, I make mistakes <laughs> and I always tell people um, in progress, (laughs) a work in progress.
0: (laughs) This is the day the Lord has made. Let Let us us rejoice rejoice and be glad in it. it.
4: (laughs) I tell you I like you.
0: (laughs) And if visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, they can go to my
4: website at upsideproductions.biz. B as in boy. Yes, (laughs) B as in boy, I as in igloo, and Z as in zebra. Or you can just reach out to me directly on my cellular device, 661-281-5007.
0: (laughs) 661-281-5007. Well, this has been a privilege. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration. And I look very much to serving on another board with you soon. Absolutely. This has been a joy. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) And we'll have my final thought
2: when we come right back. Hi, I'm John Busby with Team Busby, and over the years, many people have asked me, what price ranges do you sell? As you can see at Team Busby, we sell all price ranges, 80000 to $2 million. It's a seller's market. If you're thinking remotely of selling your home, now's the time to sell it. There's buyers that are on the fence, some of them not even thinking about selling. When I show them the values of today's market, they say, oh my gosh, I should put on the market now. When you call my team, Team Busby, you get a voice, not a voicemail. 410-SELL, 410-7355.
0: I think I can. As I mentioned at the intro of this episode, we threw this particular episode together at the last minute due to circumstances beyond our control. And as I was trying to think of, oh, what are my final thoughts gonna be? What am I gonna do for this episode? I was reminded of a book I read many, many years ago by Wadi Piper. It's called The Little Engine That Could. It's about a little switch engine who was designed and built to switch one engine and cars around a yard and was not designed to carry a train load of circus animals to a small town so that the children of the town could enjoy the circus on time. And I realized, yes, I can. And that's why I pulled out some of my favorite clips from Sarah Slayton Price, Keith Woolridge, and Natisha Johnson just for you. Because we are the little engine back here. And we have. And I hope you enjoyed this particular episode of Small Business Celebration, and you're going to love next week's episode. We've already edited it. It's in the can. It's great stuff. And I hope you learned something from this episode that you can use to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week.